Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Hello, audience. I'm so grateful that you're here where today's episode is all about wealth on any income. And I know some of you are probably wondering, like, how is that possible wealth on any income? Well, this is the question, the thing, the topic that we're going to be talking about today, because as transformational authors here, right, doing something big in the world, you have a message to share, you have wisdom that you want to put out, you have lives that you want to transform. And part of doing that is the experience of wealth on every imaginal level. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And with me, as always, I have the perfect guest for this topic. Rennie Gabriel actually wrote a book called Wealth on Any Income. Um, but let me give you a little bit of background because like this man was not born with a silver spoon in his hand. I will tell you that he went through two divorces and a business failure. And he went literally being broke at the age of 50. So some of you are thinking it's too late for me. I'm in my 50s. Uh, nope. He went from being broke at age 50 to now being a multi-millionaire after learning the three secrets of the wealthy. Now, this is a man who failed high school math, right? Now mastering money and wealth. Um, he also donates 100% of the profits from his online programs to a charity that helps train rescue dogs for wounded soldiers. And his book, as I mentioned earlier, Wealth and Any Income, is an award-winning book, and it has been translated into eight languages. He knows his stuff. So, Rennie, welcome to today's show. Oh, thank you, Christine. It's, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're here, too. And I love to get started in our conversations by asking all of my guests, why authorship? How authorship? How did you land on this journey of writing books and transforming people's lives with your words? How did it happen? Uh, <laughs> well, I completely did not understand uh, the purpose and the power of a book when I started on that project. Mm. I had been teaching this kind of material through the Learning Annex for about 10 years. The same questions would pop up over and over and over again, month after month. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put all of the questions and all of the answers in a book, and then I can stop doing these courses and people will leave me alone. Can I just say, I used to speak at the Learning Addicts two years and years, decades ago in Los Angeles. I don't know if they still exist, but it was a great place to cut our teeth and share our content. Yeah, I, I don't know that they still exist, but uh, the silly thinking was, if I put it in a book, then people will leave me alone. And <laughs> then I found out, no. When you're an author, uh, and you know the word authority is comes from the word author. People want to work with you because you've established yourself, and so rather than having fewer people coming to me with questions and concerns, more people came to me. Interesting. So what I ended up doing, recognizing, well, that's how books work. I actually established a book publishing company, had it for about ten years, and we wrote and published books that supported other people to get out their message as experts in the, their field. 
you know, you were one of these people who grew up as a child, like, oh, someday I'm going to be an author. You literally wrote the book to get people to leave you alone and stop asking you the same questions because the answers are in the book. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I've asked a lot of people the question on how they started, you know, out, like how did they become an author? But I've never quite heard that answer before. That was definitely a new <laughs> one. So thank you. And, you know, here's before we dive into the whole wealth at any income topic, here's one thing that I want people to understand. And you kind of touched on it. I just want to clarify it a little bit more is when you write this book, some people will sort of like hold back content in their book because they feel like, well, I don't want to give everything away in the book because then people won't, you know, coach with me, do my training, come to me at my event, attend my retreat, go to my workshop. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And the opposite is true. Like when you really generous and you really share the information in the book, your average readers want to digest that book in multiple forms. They will buy the book. They'll get the audio book. They'll get the course. They'll come to your event. They'll, you know, they'll join the mastermind. They'll do the program. They'll all this stuff because of how generous you were and how much information you shared in the book. And it sounds like, Renny, that's a little bit of what you experienced. It didn't just make them go away. You gave them so much that they wanted more and they wanted different formats and they wanted, you know, more of you um, and that wisdom. You're absolutely correct, Christine. That's that's what showed up in giving away as much as I could give away. Yeah. Pretty amazing, isn't it? How the universe works in that way. Yeah. Love yeah. It. So tell me a little bit about, you know, wealth on any income. I'm sure we've got some people leaning into that conversation. And I'm sure we've got some people sort of raising an eyebrow, like, yeah, uh, you haven't seen my checkbook, you know, or my bank balance or what have you. Like, talk to us about just the whole concept of wealth on any income. Well, it really deals with the fact that I was able to create a multi-million dollar net worth while only earning 5,000 a month. Maybe for some people, that sounds like a lot, but I think for most people, $60,000 a year is not all that much money. And what I was doing was taking a concept that's 5,000 years old. If anyone reads the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, it's very clear that this has been around for 5,000 years. And that's the concept of pay yourself first. So I was setting aside $500 a month. I was buying some individual stocks starting at age 50. I'm age 53 and, and I've saved up a whopping $18,000, which is the most money I'd saved up to that point. And the important thing is what I recognized what other wealthy people were doing is that it was a team sport not a solo sport. My wife had a realtor who came to me and said, hey, there's this little three unit property you should buy. And I said, I've got $18,000. In Los Angeles, that ain't buying anything. So my wife said, well, I'll chip in 18,000. And the realtor said, well, this is such a good deal. I'm gonna chip in 36, the three of us alone it together. Wealth creation's a team sport. That little $18,000 investment in a few years was worth $125,000. You definitely owned in Los Angeles. Well, maybe not now, but certainly, uh, you know, back in the day, yeah, that this was is 2001 happening. Yeah. yeah. And what we did is we bought properties that were mismanaged and had deferred maintenance, multi-unit properties. I borrowed money after that to get the down payments to buy more buildings with my wife and this realtor. And within five years, we owned 50, five zero units from the original three that we purchased. 
Incredible. Incredible. Before you go on with the story, I actually want to ask you a question. I would imagine that there must have been some work that you did on mindset of abundance, money mindset, you know, being open to these opportunities, because there might be a lot of people right now who are listening, thinking to themselves, well, you know, I've been saving $500 a month. And if you are awesome, like big high five. And if you're not yet, just know that it's possible um, for you to be doing that. And some of you are probably saving 5,000 a month. Like, I don't know, but you know, there might be some people thinking, well, none of that kind of opportunity has come to me. And I'm, you know, I've been saving, like I could be in a position to do, you know, some sort of a really great investment like that. What was the thinking, right? Cause whether you're writing your book or you're growing your wealth or whatever you're doing, what was your thinking at that time that you think allowed an experience and opportunity like that to come to you? I mean, you had, you had gone through bankruptcy and multiple divorces and, you know, yet you attracted this opportunity. Yeah. That, well, there was some fear because, you know, this was $18,000. It took me three years to save up and I'm going to put it all into one investment. The thing that you are correct about is that I'd been working on the mindset. I'd been recognizing what works and what doesn't work. And the sad part about this, I guess this is a confession, is that I was never trained in the fundamentals of handling money effectively. But then again, I found out nine out of 10 people aren't. I would say, who is? Yeah. <laughs> right? like, who yeah, is? Hardly anyone. And, and the, the, the embarrassing part is I was certified as a financial planner. Oh, wow. So here I am broke, certified as a financial planner, and recognizing I don't know how to handle money effectively. That's the other advantage of the team sport approach is that my credit was no good. I'd had two divorces and a business failure. Uh, I only had $18,000. So the bank wasn't gonna put me on the loan for the property because what for? <laughs> they didn't have anything they could take away from me. So I used the good credit that my new wife had and the realtor and so, the mindset was, I'm going to ask for help. I'm not going to do this by myself. And that's a conversation I had to break up in my 40s because I was a latchkey kid dependent on no one else but myself for my survival. That conversation had to be broken up if I was going to succeed. That is potent and powerful, right? Because, I mean, and I can't help but think, and I'm sure this probably parlays over to the experience of writing the book, is so many people just forge forward alone. Either they feel like they can do it, but really they've been procrastinating for the last decade and they haven't really written much in that decade, or they had this belief that they quote unquote should be able to do it alone. And, you know, yet they really can't like writing a book, you know, beginning to invest in real estate, whatever it is, like it does take a village and we all need help with those things that we're kind of new at that we haven't done before. And we're not, you know, we're not well trained in and versed in and experienced in. So just the fact that you were willing to ask for help and realize that you weren't going to be able to do this alone, that's huge. And I want everyone to kind of take that, you know, and put it in the conscious part of your brain to remember for your book, for wealth creation, for anything really. We're not meant to be doing these things alone. You're absolutely right. And, you know, when I look back on it, I'm thinking, 
well, the attitudes that I developed as a, you know, five or six year old child are not the correct attitudes to run an adult. And that's why that thinking had to break up. Number one, number two, you're right. It doesn't matter if it's creating wealth. It doesn't matter if it's writing a book. It doesn't matter if it's growing a business or even having a great relationship with your significant other. It's a team sport, not a solo sport. And this became so clear to me as we were growing our net worth. I'll give you another example. Christine, you probably have the answers to this, but you know who Warren Buffett is, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you know who Charlie Munger is? No. Okay. Charlie Munger is half of Berkshire Hathaway. The most successful businesses have at least two people with a different skill set growing the business. And I would say Warren Buffett's a visionary and Charlie Munger executes on Warren's vision. He's half of Berkshire Hathaway. And if you look at Apple Computer with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, if you look at Elon Musk and the people he has behind him, you will see this played out over and over again in the most successful businesses. That makes all the difference. And I think also with the most successful authors, right? Exactly. It's like I didn't write the book by myself. I had editors, I had copywriters, I had people who put the book in print. I didn't do it all. That would have been the silliest use of my time. I leaned on other authors to get input on, on the stuff that I was doing. I didn't hire a book coach, but that had probably been the most effective thing to do. And it wouldn't have taken five years uh, <laughs> to finally write the darn thing. We could, have, we could have helped you with that one. And for those of you who are like, you know, you're sort of in this book writing process and you're not sure how it's going, I'm going to have you go to the show notes to check out Rennie's um, resource. Um, but if you do need help with that book, we've got an amazing author quiz that we've developed recently. Just head over there or go to authorquiz.com and it will literally help you get a really good assessment of where you're at, where you're being strong in terms of working in your book, where the weaknesses are, where the missing pieces are, give you some access to help to fill in some of those holes. You'll definitely want to do that. Again, it's over at show notes or just authorquiz.com, but something you just said running about, you know, like you surrounded yourself with editors, but you, you, know, you didn't have the book coach. It would have happened sooner. Yes, it would have. We're here to help you. So go to authorquiz.com and Get, you know, get an assessment of where you're at and um, some resources to help you move that forward. But yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it does, it takes a village, right? It takes a village. Exactly. Yeah. That's correct. So for you and this book, right? Like when you started writing it, I know that you said that, you know, you just wanted people to stop asking you the questions, but I would imagine that was, there was probably some larger objective to this book. If there was, would you share it? The larger objectives, yeah, no, they showed up after I recognized what a book does. It didn't show up up front because I didn't know any better and I wasn't talking to anyone who could educate me. But as an example, what it did was allow me to book uh, a seminar with an insurance company who ended up buying 5,000 copies of the book. It allowed all sorts of things that I only became aware of after the book was published. Um, I was able to co-author books with other people and be paid for that. None of these things would have showed up, except I was open to the experiences, but they're not the things I understood ahead of time. Got it. And as far as books go, right, I'm always talking with my clients and authors and the people that I support on this journey about, you know, like finding some way to make the book unique, right? I mean, there are a million books written on relationships, a million books written on wealth, a million books written on, you know, you name it, health, uh, parenting, what have you. But 
each author needs to find sort of their own unique way um, through to really feel like, no, there's something different about this book. And I'm curious for you and your book, Wealth on Any Income, what do you feel makes your book different than a lot of the other books? And hopefully as you're listening to this audience, listener, you'll be able to maybe get some ideas for how you can make your own book unique. Perhaps someone feels like it might be a crowded market, you know, more books being published now than ever before, but yet we want that uniqueness. So for you, Renny, what was that uniqueness for you? And then I want to dig into the wealth and the income piece a little bit more. Well, I, I took two approaches based on my own experience. One of them was that there was an emotional component. We spoke about the mindset. And the first third of my book is dedicated to changing that. And let me ask you a question, kind of put you on the spot. Is there someone that you know that you would define as obese? Yes. Okay. Uh, next question. Do you know what it takes to lose weight? Do I know what it takes to lose weight? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think I do. I used to be a personal trainer, yoga teacher, aerobics instructor. So, yes. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, what are the two general things that it will allow someone to lose weight? A diet and exercise. Yeah. Okay. Really tough. Now, do you think there's an obese person who doesn't have that knowledge? I'm talking about the knowledge. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure everyone who's overweight has an understanding that it's a combination of diet and exercise. Exactly. So the fact that someone who's overweight, who's obese, maybe morbidly obese, knows that if they change their eating and they move around and exercise, they can lose weight. It means nothing that they know that. So the first third of my book is it doesn't matter what you know, what are the things that are holding you back? What are the emotional blocks? What is it your parents have told you? Uh, what is it uh, you believe about yourself? How do we break up these limiting conversations? So before I get into the latter two thirds of the book with tips and techniques and how do you read financial forms and how do you pay yourself first and all the rest, if we don't deal with the emotional component first, all the wisdom I have in the latter part of the book is a waste of print. And so that's how my book is unique. I deal with the emotional component first, and then we get into the practical tips, techniques, and investment ideas. Mm, makes so much sense. And those of you listening, like when you're writing your book, you want to take this into consideration, right? Is there a way of thinking? Is there a mindset? Is there a belief structure in place? that you have to address first before you can give people your information so that they can actually receive it, digest it, do something with it, transform their lives with it. Cause that's why you're here. And that's why you're writing these books. And every now and then I do come across an author who kind of jumps right in without the context, without the clearing out of the cobwebs, without helping to, you know, give someone or help someone open up to a new belief system so that the content that transform their life can come in. So important um, note and so glad that you did that running with your book and really help people be in a space of receptivity and openness with the message. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So I do want you to talk a little bit about the free resource that you made available, the Roadmap to Complete Financial Choice and Philanthropy, which is, of course, if you've been listening, you know, is in the show notes. And if you're brand new, first episode ever, then you do want to go to the show notes to get a link that so there's a link over there to that author quiz. If you need help in writing your book, that's a great place to start. And also you'll see there um, Rennie's free resource, like I said, the Roadmap to Complete Financial Choice and philanthropy. So Renny, will you talk just about, about that just a little bit more? And then I have another question I want to ask you specific to 
wealth on any income as it relates to authors. Absolutely. So the roadmap is simply a nine step process to go from wherever someone is financially to a place where they have complete financial choice and they can become philanthropic. You know, I, I lead by example. I donate a hundred percent of the profits from my book and my programs to the charity shelter to soldier. And on some of these steps are you know, dealing with the root causes of why you're in the financial situation you're in and how to eliminate debts and how to set financial goals, how to spend money to create wealth, not budget and sacrifice and deprivation. I talk about a 5,000 year old secret that transformed my life and the need to create passive income. Like Warren Buffett says, if you haven't learned how to make money while you sleep, you'll work the rest of your life. And you know what? I've got another quote from Warren Buffett. I think it's a fit here as well. Let's hear it. Because a lot of people have a fear of creating wealth, like somehow that'll corrupt them. I find that most often when I was working with psychologists and therapists and many coaches that they thought if they had a lot of money, they wouldn't be a good person anymore. And Warren Buffett has the greatest quote along that line. He says, of the billionaires I have met, Money just brings out the basic traits in them. If they were jerks before they had money, they were simply jerks with a billion dollars. Mm. That means the corollary is true. Someone who is good and becomes wealthy still ends up being good. Mm -hmm. I think that that quote for people to really understand that is critical. So again, this resource um, that you can get to really get this roadmap for your own complete financial choice and you know philanthropy that is all over in the show notes so i do encourage you to go do that so let's just talk for a moment specifically to authors right because i have worked with some authors who are incredibly wealthy you know like the thought of you know investing whatever seventy five thousand dollars in my highest level program is nothing for them it's like okay you know that's just yeah i can write that check and then i have a lot of other authors that i work with you know more that i'd like to work with who let the money piece kind of get mm. in the way because they're coming from this thinking you know of lack like Instead of looking at, oh my gosh, well, if I, if I invested in this and I got my book actually done and out in the world, you know, what opportunity would that open up? How much more, you know, abundance and wealth could I bring into my life? You know, because for me to have that book out, like I'm going to be a different person. You know, my message is going to be out there. My brand is going to have a stronger, you know, identity in the marketplace, stronger, you know, brand equity in the marketplace, like all these beautiful things. And yet, so many, you know, aspiring authors live in this very contracted, you know, space of, oh, I can't, oh, you know, I, I like, I really shy away from saying I can't afford it. And it's like, it's not a priority for me right now. But some of them like are so locked into this conversation with themselves, you know, and the truth is, I know that I know that some of them have a substantial amount of money in the bank, but they won't invest it in themselves. Like they won't make the decision to get them further where they want to go. So when we look at creating wealth on any income and sort of this, you know, mindset of opportunity, like what would you say to the person who does allow what they perceive to be as a lack, um, hold them back from really being who they want to be, doing what they want to do and investing in themselves to get there? What would you say to that person? Well, 
I would be asking questions and the questions go along the lines of, do they really believe in what they want to do and what they want to produce? And the reason I say that is there may be a lot of fear in the way in that they say they want to have the exposure, they say they want to have the platform, and at the same time, they have the fear of the exposure. And what will happen if they have the platform? Will someone be trying to knock them off of it? Will skeletons come out of the closet? What will happen if they have the kind of notoriety that becoming an author can provide? And so that would be one of the things to deal with. And I would be asking them questions like, what are your fears if you become well-known? What are your fears in doing radio and television interviews that you don't have to pay for? What are your fears about having the kind of exposure that's better than advertising? And in that way, you know, if they uncover it and they bring it out into the light, it can be exposed as nothing to be worried about. Very helpful. Very helpful. I know that some of you right now, as you hear that, are beginning to feel your brain shifting to maybe thinking in a different way about this. So magnificent. We are just about rounding the corner to finish out this episode today, Rennie. So I love to complete our conversation with asking, like, if there were around this topic of wealth on any income, right? And we're talking to an audience of authors want, you know, some of you are published authors, some of you are aspiring authors, but you know, people here with that message to share, because we've covered a lot of ground, but what would you say is like the most important piece of wisdom could be something you already spoke to. It could be something new that you want to share. What's the most important thing that you would hope for our listeners today to really walk away with and hold um, and keep with them as they move forward in this journey of, you know, creating wealth as an author in their life, in their mindset. Um, what's like the golden nugget you want them? It would be something we have covered because it is the foundation to any kind of success. And it, that is, it is a team sport, not a solo sport. And it doesn't matter if it's in your marriage. It doesn't matter if it's in your writing. It doesn't matter if it's in your business or your finances. This is a journey. You take other people along with you and do not attempt to do it by yourself. It's futile. It doesn't produce the kind of rewards that you would want and deserve to have in life. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a team effort. It takes a village don't go it alone, no matter what it is. And I think that if we really do feel like we can do something alone, that we're not thinking big enough, like we're living at a fraction of what we were put on this earth to do and who we were here to be and how we're meant to impact. So thank you so much for that, Renny. And just thank you for your time today and sharing your wisdom. Again, we've got links over in the show notes to everything we talked about, Renny's website, this book, the free resources, everything that we've got is over there. So please do go check out the, the show notes and just thanks again, ready for your time, your wisdom, your generosity of, you know, heart and spirit. It was a pleasure being with you. Thank you, Christine. Thank you for the opportunity to, to support other people and talk about shelter to soldier as well. Yes, yes, yes. The organization that all your profits get donated to from your courses and programs. It is a beautiful organization that you are supporting. So thank you. And listeners of course, thank you too. Thank you for being someone who's here on this journey, who is here, you know, writing a transformational book, transforming yourself, like not 
just skirting through the process to crank out some, you know, thing that's representative of a couple of articles. Like you're here doing the real deal um, for yourself and for your readers and for your business and ultimately for the world. And I am just grateful that you're here um, and that you joined us today for this conversation. And until next time, write powerfully, everyone. Talk with you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in. 